live from Hollywood and Highland. Welcome to Trashy Trashy. I'm Erica, Mid-Atlantic Accent Curry, and I'm coming to you from the dumpster of the Dolby Theatres to take a look at the trashiest moments in Oscars history. And I'm Cassandra. You really like me. Cardenas, stuck here in limo holding lot down on Vine, bumming cigarettes off drivers. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, kind of. It's still an Oscars episode. Welcome. Welcome. Congratulations to Blake. Whoever won. And oh, can you believe such and such got, can you believe blank got snubbed? Oh my God. No, I can't believe it. If you're listening to this right now, I'm in Paris and we pre-recorded this. But I could not believe the nip slip on Faye Dunaway. <laughs> Wait, is she passed? Oh God. Is she alive? She's alive. Right? Oh God. I hope, I hope, I hope. Still kicking. Thank God. Okay. Okay. Uh-oh. I could not, I could not. Cannot handle a nip slip on a on a deceased. Okay. Wow. Do your research, Curry. Do your research. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, you know, I, I like to watch the Oscars sometimes competitively. Do you ever fill out like ballots and things like that for, for watching Absolutely. the Oscars? Absolutely. Look, I like before the pandemic, oh, I should save it. It's why I'm trash. Oh, 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 save, save. The point is, yes. Yes. I do like to, I I don't I don't gamble on sports. I don't gamble, I guess, on the Oscars. Well, there I, there are prizes involved if you win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not recognition of your peers in the industry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I truly love the Oscars campaigning. Like, it's such craziness that they have to put all these rules around it. And, you know, just the people that get, you know, people like, how did they get nominated? Like that movie made. Eighteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, like, there's the one of the nominees for best actress this year is uh, yeah. facing that. She is so unfamous, I can't even remember her name or the movie she's in. But if you watch the Oscars last night, you'll know <laughs> what I'm talking about, though, because you're gonna have a moment where you and whoever you're watching with goes, "Who?" The movie made like twenty seven thousand dollars in theaters, I think. And yeah, apparently she crushed it. She, I mean. Uh, Yes, and has always put out great performances. Again, can't think of her name off the for the life of can't me. Th- Gun I don't to my head. I've seen a thing that she's into it. Gun to um, my head. Can't think of it. But apparently, she's quite good. There was a lot of question around who was emailed prior to the nominees coming out, and and how you know maybe members, family members were emailed and lobbied. It, it's just the whole campaigning thing's a mess campaign reform you know what i mean that's that's what i'm about but it's for the oscar <laughs> i mean i have a feeling that avatar was nominated before it even came out <sighs> there's just certain stuff that yeah. you're gonna assume will get nominated i mean yeah. for those who don't live in uh new york or la you're like what are all these movies i've never even heard of them and of course you haven't because they rush like crazy to get these movies that are not ready yet mm-hmm. out um and i think that to count for oscars you only have to release in like 15 theaters for like two weeks mm-hmm. so um a ton of the movies that get nominated that you've never heard of they came out in 10 theaters in new york and la yeah on christmas day and yep. that's how they were able to squeeze in for oscar season and if you have a really killer oscar movie you're not gonna release it in the summertime usually you won't usually yeah so erica tell me why are you so uh glamorous and trashy 
Well, I'm so glamorous and I'm so trashy that one time I was invited to the movie premiere of one Cloud Atlas. Wow. Where Tom Hanks says the phrase, the true, true. Halle Berry too, right? Halle Berry, I believe everyone's favorite John Wick actor. Keanu. Uh, Keanu's in it. Uh, there's so many people in that movie. You'll just be like, what? I don't want to talk shit. Hugh Grant. Couldn't get through it. Because it. it's terrible. Hugh Grant. Jim Sturgis. Yeah. I think Susan, Susan Sarandon. Sarandon. That So so we come to Susan Sarandon. Uh-huh. So me and my friend get invited to this movie premiere. I think I'm sure we got on some like fan website and had to see it in line for like six hours or something. You know, something insane. Not like, oh, we're Hollywood she she's. So okay. <laughs> standing in line, it's at the man's Chinese theater, you know, like the famous Chinese theater where the handprints are in the sidewalk from the old stars and all that. So we're standing, yes. you know, we, we get to walk the red carpet. And by that, I mean, the photographers were like, get out the fucking walk. You have to walk past it to get into the theater. <laughs> Nobody was taking our photo. They were like, no, <laughs> get off the carpet. You're going to mess up with your, you know, Marshall shoes. So. We usher in and we, you know, just sit down or whatever. Keanu unceremoniously sits by himself in the middle of the theater. Babe, I don't think Keanu Reeves is in this movie. I'm not trying to poke holes in your story, but I'm looking at the cast right now. I don't see him. I think you're thinking of Jim Sturges. No, Keanu was there. I swear. Okay. Not in the Maybe movie. He produced it. Maybe he was involved. For some reason, Keanu was there. I okay. swear. I believe I, you, but yeah. You know. I he's not in it, is he? <laughs> no, he's not. But I know he was there. Let me see how he's he was in it somehow. I let's see. <laughs> Cloud Atlas, the rebirth of Keanu Reeves. What? Yes, he plays uh some alien clone thing. Yeah, he's in it. What why doesn't he come up as like immediate cast on IMDB or anything else? This is in 2012 when this movie came out. It's now called Brahmin's Chinese Theater. And he, he was in it. I I'm looking at the images. He's of not him. in top cast because he's in like a small role, but he's in it. He's in, in it. He was at the premiere. I'm staring at the the AP images of Keanu at the premiere. Keanu Reeves in Cloud Outlet. The Cloud Outlet. Yeah, he plays like a Botox looking alien. It's a whole mess. But anyway, girl, the, he's in it. I'm staring at the premiere photos. <laughs> I, I can see pictures of him at the premiere, but he's, but he's in not it. in the movie. I'm sending you an image of him. I'm looking at the same image. I see him at the, sometimes celebrities go no. to premieres for things they're not in. I'm sending you a picture of him in the movie. Why isn't he on IMDb? Was he maybe embarrassed of being in the movie? I don't know. Because it's not bad. Because it's by the Wachowski sisters. Why say that for me? Wachowski sisters. Okay. Oh no. Who did the Matrix? Hold on. I'm getting onto IMDb Pro. Okay. I got. Ooh, my star meter went up. Yes. Woo. This is so. I noted. But he's in it. He's yeah. Girl, he was at the premiere. You're not wrong about that. He plays. I'm on his IMDb, and if I don't see Cloud Atlas. I'm going to fucking lose it. Okay. So he, <laughs> oh, God damn it. This website's spam. He's in it. I swear to God. No, you're, he's, he, plays he like was there. I, I swear he's in it. He was there. Anyway, he was there. It. You're not wrong. He was there. He definitely went to the premiere. I can see those pictures. But this man 
2012. Let's see. Let's see. In 2012, 2011, he was in Yelling to the Sky. He got a, a special thanks. Side by side, he played himself. Generation Um in 2012, Man of Tai Chi 2013. Keanu Reeves was not in Cloud Atlas. He was just at the premiere. I don't know why we're fighting about this. <laughs> All right, whatever. You premiere. just sent me, you just sent me Cloud Atlas or Rebirth of Keanu Reeves from checkerboardcollective.wordpress.com. But did you see the image? It looks That's like That's not Keanu Reeves. That's some other fucking guy. All right. We got to retake this. <laughs> we're not retaping shit. You leave this all in there. Okay. So the point is Keanu Reeves is That's at the Jim movie premiere. Sturgis. I, said, I just... said, are you sure you're not talking about Jim Sturgis? Oh, all right. Uh, anyway. So. Oh my God. You have to post this on Instagram so people can see how much this picture is not of Keanu Reeves. They all play different types of characters in them. Anyway. Oh my God. It's a good thing we filmed this over Zoom. I'd shake you. I'd shake (laughs) you right now. He's a humble man. (laughs) Set by himself unceremoniously. Wasn't making a splash. You know, very nice man. Anyway. So me and my friend go, we watch the movie. It's the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. <laughs> Maybe I I I wanted to walk out, but again, it's the premiere. It's a whole thing. So yeah, after the movie, me and my friend that I went with, Michelle, we go into the bathroom, and we just went in together. We didn't think about it. You know, we went not the main floor. We went off to like some side bathroom, kind of out of the way. You know, we didn't want to hang up the bathroom for any stars. We just went in together because, like, you know, we're girl pals in our twenties, whatever. Well, we come out at the same time and we hadn't been in there long at all. We just did our business, got out, washed hands, you know. Susan Sarandon is outside of that door. And, you know, as, as far Democrat and, and left as Susan Sarandon is and all these rights, rights, rights. She gave us the dirtiest fucking weirdest looks for coming out of the bathroom together at the same time. She probably like, thought you were in there doing cocaine. You know, now that I think about it, it's not homophobic. It was probably cocaine. Yep. You oh, know you what? thought she was being homophobic in that moment? Yes, because we were two girls leaving a single saw bathroom at the same time. No, bro. She was probably just like, I have to piss. And when you have to wait in line and then what comes out is two women at the same time, you're like, oh my God, these fucking idiots. They probably took a lot longer than they should have. Or they were <sighs> in there doing cocaine. You know what? Thank you. Because I've held on to that memory for so long. And have you I'm been really... telling, spreading the rumor that Susan Sarandon is a homophobe? No, <laughs> I'm not. You're like, I just think it's funny that uh, Susan Sarandon's doing all this stuff for all oh, this left campaigns, considering what a homophobe, homophobe she is. She is. <laughs> <laughs> I, my heart, I have. I haven't been telling others, you know, she's a homophobe. I, she just gave us the weirdest look and was like, "Excuse me," and like went into the bathroom, and we were like, "Oh my god, we met Susan Sarandon." <laughs> dumb mid-20s just moved to LA minds we're like oh my god Susan Strander just talked to us she talked to you she said excuse me like go into the bathroom because we like to walk past <laughs> we were like oh my god we just met Susan Strander the homophobe <laughs> was she homophobic so exciting but yeah so exciting <laughs> anyway so that's I just the movie was I've talked shit constantly about that movie ever since it's the worst movie to me i hated it so much and yeah keanu reeves is not in it i will admit my mistake i will dig my heels in (laughs) till i am dragged to the edge of a circle (laughs) i couldn't let that go 
I'm sorry. I look, I'm but I have he to apologize ap- about my behavior. I couldn't let it go. He did attend the premiere. He did That's because the, yeah, it was so. yes, it was the same director as the Matrix. Yeah. Yes, yes. His friends did it. So yeah, so that that that. So yeah, we got, you know, the look from old Susan Sarandon. So yeah, it was a mess. But on on to the next, you know, on to the next. Anyway, why are you trash? Why are you trash? So back in uh 2020. The Oscars were in February, which me and COVID didn't start until March in the United States. So get off my back. All right. <laughs> I threw a big old Oscar party. You were invited. I don't believe you came. I think it was out of town. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. It's fine. You were busy. <laughs> so I threw a huge, a huge Oscars party. Me and my friend Maya threw it together. And, you know, like I, I, I switched the orientation of my like house for it mm-hmm. because I had like a you know like a, a living room dining room situation but I ended up putting the TV up against a window in the living room so that I could create what became like a stadium seating all wow. the way back from my living room into my dining room like with different levels of chairs so people mm-hmm. could watch it was really cool we cut out giant like pictures of like the faces of nominees i got a lot of dollar store balloons you know i did anyways maya and i went to high school together and she's probably one of my only like friends from high school still no shade to all my friends from high school they were all great it's just this is how the cookie crumbled you know and so since we were doing a joint party, we both invited people and there was someone who came who was like one of Maya's friends. And I was like, Hey, how are you? Like I'm Cassandra, whatever. And he was like, yeah, no, I know <gasps> what. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's me. I don't remember his name even to this day. Let's call him Darren. It's me, <laughs> Darren. <laughs> yeah. We were in like English. Yeah. We both went to Burroughs all four years together. I was like, okay, uh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Welcome to my home. And I don't know, like, why? Because this has happened to me a couple times. I'm, I don't think that I was particularly popular. I just don't have a great memory. Um, mm-hmm. And but this is like maybe the third or fourth time that it happened to me, where someone one thousand percent knew who I was, and I didn't know who they were at all. Mm-hmm. And so instead of just kind of being like, okay, yeah, like my bad. <laughs> Anyways, like, who'd you hang out with? Like, I don't know, like something. I decided to go, God, this is like the fourth time this has happened to me. I'm the worst. Was I popular or something? What? So like, and just kind of thought that that would be a more charming way to pl- pay it off or like whatever. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think it was. <sighs> I think I made a mistake, but it's fine. We still had a nice party. Yeah. I had, I had a, a thing recently at a, an event where a friend brought a girl and we all sat down and I, it was like mid show or something. So I couldn't you know, really talk, but I, in a brief, you know, between acts, I just said, Hey, you know, I'm Erica. And she was, yeah, we met years ago. And I was like, did we? <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Of course. I'm sorry. It's like dark in here. You know, <laughs> But I was like, oh, yeah. So embarrassed. I, I, and I We need to make a, a, an agreement, a social contract. A social contract. Yeah. If we, if it's been over 12 months since we've met, mm-hmm. I feel like no one is allowed to get mad. Yes. About it, that. You just say, 
oh, hey, I'm da-da-da. You know, we met a long time ago. You, it was it was brief. You don't rem- like it was a long time ago. You you graciously let that, that other person too. Like yeah, sh- when we at, did we like, meet? We met where? where? If we you met- fucking remember it so well, yeah. like you know, tell me, tell me why. Yeah. Clue me in. I love to do the thing where when I don't remember someone's name, I like to introduce them to the person with me. Oh yeah. But but they if do. they know the person with me, then it, you're fucked, you know. But you go, have you met Winston? That's my go-to. I'm like, oh, have you met my Winston? And then Winston says, hey, I'm Winston. Then they have to introduce themselves. Yeah, yeah. Now I triangulate to. their name. But that's my, yeah, that's my, I, it, everyone should get slapped that does that. You know what I mean? What, who says, yeah, we met years ago? Yes. I mean, oh, I'm I see what you're I'm not an advocate doing. for slap. I'm not an advocate for, for violence. Erica, I see what you're doing. And the answer is no. Yes, we are covering the Oscars trashiest stories, but we're not going to talk about the slap. Okay. Everyone knows that it happened. You know, I mean, we sure didn't because I actually had my engagement party at a brewery uh, (laughs) during the 2021 Oscars and (laughs) the it was playing behind us, but like we were too busy chatting and eating meats and cheeses and drinking beer. So we, everyone, you, me, everyone at that party just mm-hmm. missed that. And then everyone was like the next day confronted with all this news of like, wait, what? what I saw it on, on Twitter from Australia. Yeah. Because yeah. on Twitter, they didn't edit it. Oh, like in America, they had added partial like words and commentaries out and stuff. Australia version, they let it live. So I yeah. saw the full you know, the Aussie ver I got Aussie Twitter. Let me know what was going on before America did. But. Uh, you know, anyways, we're not going to talk about it. It's not pretty loaded. And I really feel like of all of the Oscar stories that people like know Being about, this is like one that's been so talked about that I don't think our listeners want to hear it, but maybe they will want to hear about this gigantic scandal for our fourth story. Yeah. This is insane. From Collider.com, Hattie McDaniel's award is missing. So Hattie McDaniel's uh, famously winning the award for her role in Gone with the Wind in 1940 was one of the, she was the first black person to win an Oscar. If you don't Mm -hmm. know who, you know what her role is in Gone with the Wind. If you've seen Gone with the Wind, like, is it, it's not, is it racist to quote her? No, I, I would it's not because it is the dialect from the movie, but the movie depicts is racist. Racist. <laughs> yeah. The movie yeah. is. Yeah. It's movie. about the antebellum South. It's it's a whole I, I would not her famous line has something to do with how she doesn't know much about labor. Okay. Well, um, can I give context how- to that? So hmm. so when so slavery like the sorry to go slave trade ended. Right. But as slavery was not outlawed in the like the slave trade ended, but then yeah. the Atlantic slave trade ended. So we stopped buying and importing slaves, but slavery still existed for a long period of time prior to the Civil War. I mean, it still happens prior to the Civil War. So they were literally breeding slaves. Yeah. And so part of that was you were supposed to be able to be a midwife and help this breeding it's fucking horrific like the shame and blood on all of our hands in this system like so when she says that line she's like i don't know anything about that like i've never experienced that 
So that's yeah. the context for that is mid-Atlantic slave trade. So we stopped. She should have known it. about labor. She didn't know about didn't. labor. Yeah. So anyway, she won an Oscar and just BT dubs. This movie came out in 1939. So this is a definitely still a 1940 was only um, 80 years ago. Uh, and she wasn't even able to go to the premiere of Gone with the Wind because it was premiered in a whites only theater. So or attend the Oscars because oh yeah, yeah she couldn't go to the Oscars she won an Oscar she first mm-hmm. black woman to win an Oscar couldn't attend the Oscars though so in case anyone <laughs> tries to like you you got grandparents because they were alive when there was whites only theaters so just just in case you were wondering yeah. but yeah so she uh, when she died her Oscar was donated to a university and has since then gone missing yeah. I mean, I hope it's in someone's trophy case being proudly displayed. Uh, oh, yeah, proudly. Uh, no, it's, it was stolen. <sighs> I know. God. Anyway, it's just horrible. But yeah, she she couldn't. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Like her legacy. But yeah, she's an amazing actress. But uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it's hard to do trashy stories on the Oscars without having them to have a continuous racist theme. So let's just hop on over to our next story <laughs> from history.com. Marlon Brando declines best actor Oscar. Marlon Brando, same birthday as one Cassandra Cardenas, uh, April 3rd. True. Yeah, he was a kooky guy. Mm. to say the least yep (laughs) um on march 27th 1973 he declined his academy award for best actor that he won for his performance in the godfather and uh instead a activist accepted it in his place yes so uh the actress and activist sasheen littlefeather attended the ceremony she stated that the he very regretfully could not accept the award he was protesting hollywood's portrayal of native americans in film Uh, backstory to him getting the godfather he was kind of known as one of the best actors in his generation but then his career really started to slow down a lot and it wasn't until francis ford coppola who directed the godfather like fought to get marlon brando into this movie so it's kind of an interesting story and would have been a kind of cool like, it's a nice Oscar come up its story for Marlon Brando. But I think it was, you know, it was a good use of a platform. Yeah, so sorry. this would have this would have been kind of a cool, like, up comeuppance of, like, Marlon Brando's, Marlon Brando's career of, like, mm-hmm. you counted me out and my career was in decline and I came back. And, I mean, I think everyone can agree that The Godfather is a great movie. So, but you know what? This was a good use of his platform, I'd say. Yep. But I have a little anecdote about old John Wayne. Oh, yeah? Mar- Miriam Wayne over there. That hack and racist asshole. So there's several claims of this. I, I don't have verifiable information, but it's written in several, several places. Several publications have this, but, you know, there's debate of oral history of it. Mm-hmm. But allegedly, while she was reading her statement that she later public brando later published the entire thing in the new york times but part of what she said was the motion picture community has been responsible as any for the 
degrading for Indian and making mockery of his character, describing his uh, savage, hostile, and evil book. You know, goes on. Fucking John Wayne allegedly was so angry because he played this cowboy. Yeah, John Wayne's career is made off of movies that depict indigenous people as savage. Savages. He fucking had to be restrained by several people because he went up to, like, attack Sasheen Littlefeather. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Like, had to be held back by several people. Isn't it crazy how wild people could act back then when there wasn't a thousand cameras and phone cameras? Yeah. Clint Eastwood also uh, was, like, made a joke right afterward, and he has since apologized, which is nice. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Marlon Brando, no stranger to social causes. He spoke publicly in 1940s for the support of a Jewish state. He was involved in African-American civil rights and the Black Panther Party. And all of this, uh, his Oscar statement was a support for the American Indian movement. Wounded Knee, the South Dakota town. Oh, wait, sorry. I have to make sure I'm not fucking minimizing this. His Oscar statement expressed support for the American Indian movement. And he was the second performer in history to turn down a Best Actor Oscar. The The first was George C. Scott, who politely declined to accept his award for a patent in 1971 because he said that he just didn't want any part of the Academy Award. He was like, okay. And that was the second Oscar that he, or no, sorry, this guy, George C. Scott, also declined even being nominated for Best Supporting Actor in the 1960s. He was like, I don't care about the Oscars. So when you Google image him, a lot of images are of him, but some of them are of, Lim, uh, oh God, what's his name? Lemon. Oh shit, it just escaped me. Um, The Odd Couple. Who are the Odd oh, Couple? Oh, Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon, Lemon or whatever. Jack Lemon, yeah. Some of the images are George C. Scott, and then some of them are just Jack Lemon. That's funny. <laughs> like all old white guys look alike, I guess. <laughs> maybe that was his like name in the Odd Couple or something. Yeah, George yeah. Scott or something. Yeah, some maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I watched an amazing video about Walter Matthau giving a tribute to Jack uh-huh. Lemon, and you know they they were always playing kind of like you know antagonistic on their their personalities and. But it was truly one of like the I love Walter Matha and the, the his humor and the cadence of his speech. It reminded me so much of just like the family and the storytellers I grew up with and their, their kind of delivery of things. And it just was so touching. And it was like from the 70s, I'm sure. But it was just a beautiful tribute to Jack Lemon and their partnership throughout the years, you know, working together. Dirt, uh, it just it was really nice. Grumpy's Men, Oath movies are some of my favorites. Anyway, good, good. Jack Lemon, Walter Matthau, more of them, less of these guys. But. Yeah. Hey, do you think that beauty is expensive? Fuck, yes, it is. This sure no is. makeup look, this clean girl aesthetic, that takes the money, honey. Sure it does. So you, much time. You, you can't just have clean girl look without at least a spray tan or about $70 worth of skincare and foundation on your face or both. But I think we should talk about how expensive it costs to get ready for an event like the Oscars. Absolutely. We have from BuzzFeed.com celebrity stylist dish on how expensive it is to get ready. Mm. So we'll start at the beginning. Let's talk about skin So Mm -hmm. there was a clinical director and co-founder of Skin Thesis LA who mentioned that there's a lot of different types of facials 
and that they can start anywhere from 350 to $600 just for the facial. And I'm talking when you're starting to get a facial for the Oscars, you have to get, that's at least a month out. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere closer to two weeks and it's going to start messing with the staying power of your makeup. So even a month before the Oscars, we're spending upwards of $600 on facials. A celebrity dermatologist dermatological surgeon said they've had patients spend upwards of 15k prepping one month prior to the event yeah i mean it's not just facials i mean we can be talking about like botox fillers all of the you know you buckle see fat these... removal now god but uh if you have this really emotional role and you're an actor an actress mostly in actresses because of the pressure that's put on women they have these emotional roles, not an inch of Botox in sight. But when you're on the award show and on the carpets, all of a sudden, you know, they're not making those same faces. No. There's a high-end Beverly Hills dermatologist that says that up to days prior, even that the kinds of cosmetic adjustments that he can make can run up to upwards to $30,000 because his consultation fee alone is seven grand. That almost made me faint. Just to get in the door, you're spending 7K. Does that go towards the cost of services? What does he even do? Does that go towards like, okay, you're going to spend 30 grand. The consultation fee is added to that total and take away. Or is that like 37 grand plus the 7K? My God. Who? This is cheekbone augmentation. This is facial revolumizing. This is hand rejuvenation. The, I mean, these the are things. show the age, the hands and the ears and the neck show the age. You can filler, Botox, freeze what you want. But when you got old hands, these shows. So moving on to the outfits, we've got different types of stylists and their day rates tend to be around $1,500. So mm-hmm. that includes like the time that they need to, you know, spend talking to designers and shopping Mm -hmm. if you're getting something custom and they need to you know make sure that that all happens for you trying stuff on day of fifteen hundred dollars a day for like multiple weeks yeah that's that's a lot of that's a lot of money and then then if you get something from you know a high-end designer that's in europe or something a lot of those places it looks like Dior, Chanel, those types of stuff, they usually want only their tailors to work on that. So then you have to fly Mm -hmm. their tailor out from France, first class. Their atelier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Crazy. For for one night. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's going to cost you so much money, but think about the hair. You know, if you're not working with sponsors, like if the dress isn't donated, if you're not getting oh, this bag is donated for the moment, you know, it's, it's, and then you have assistance. It's not a one person show. Absolutely not. But yes, that is a good, that's a good thing to remind people um, before you give up on your acting dreams is that a lot of the times these people get sponsored or that mm-hmm. the designers themselves will uh, cover this cost for that, that magical moment when you're being asked, what are you wearing? Mm-hmm. You know, cause you're, mm-hmm. you're basically a walking billboard for them. I, one of the things I love so much about drag race is sometimes they have challenges where they have to make their own, their given material. Mm-hmm. It could be actual material and beads and, and, you know, um, real you know, material you would actually make outfits from. Sometimes it's unusual materials like 
curtain or like shower curtain rods, beach balls, uh, you know, and uh, like bags, like all sorts of different things that you have to make an outfit from in a day, like less than 12, you know, a production day, like eight hours, 10 hours, basically. Mm-hmm. And some of the shit those people come up with, like these drag queens, it will be, it looks like it's couture. Yeah. And it blows my mind. But my favorite outfit of all time, and I want to see someone do this on the red carpet. And I, there's like three personalities I think that could do it. And if one, if they could, this would be my ultimate pop culture moment. La La Rie from (laughs) one of the drag queens, they had to make their own, you know, it was called the bag ball. So they had, they were given all sorts of bags. So it could have been a beach bag, a, you know, a gift bag, a a handbag, all sorts of bags. Then they're supposed to make their own outfit. And La La Rie took a black corset oh and hot glued, you know, those little little gift bags, like take one on your way out. It's, you know, about just the little, small, like the 50 cent, 50 cent dollar bag. store yeah. bags, hot glued, light pink and dark purple bags onto a corset with no discernible pattern. Just did that, but strutted that runway. And if one fucking celebrity, not the Oscars, I, I get the this is a different moment, but if you had the fucking balls, if you fuck, if you had the gall, I would die if somebody would recreate that as a gown. I would love it so much. It's, I dress up uh, as Halloween. It's it's one of my favorite moments in in history. <laughs> they did they win their lip sync after that? I can't I remember. Think, I think they were sent home. Yeah. Uh, well. Well, you know, what can you do? I, uh, back to the Oscars. Yeah. This hair and makeup business kind of just depends on who you are after a certain yeah second. But I mean, you could be spending 500 to like 3000. There's people, people spending like $1,500 just on nails. I was talking to a friend who is a professional makeup artist in Hollywood Hi. and mentioned that a lot of the times it has to just do with who you're working on because uh, like their price is based on who it is because they're not paying for it anyways Mm -hmm. someone else is paying for it so she said you know if you're going to certain like nicer celebrities or a male celebrity or something like that you could still get paid three thousand dollars depending on who that celebrity is but it's a really easy job or if it's like you know different female celebrities just whatever their rate is point is the things that these makeup and hair artists have to do to make it seem worth the money yeah. is a lot of kind of embellishment. And she yeah. mentioned, you know, just kind of getting a brush on your face to kind of fluff something out that isn't even there. Yeah. But just to really make it seem like, wow, they're really doing $3,000 worth of work. And you know what? I respect that hustle. I do too. I mean, some some people say that for high-end appearances... They can charge up to $7,500 for a single night. It's crazy. How nuts is that? Speaking of nuts. Woo! <laughs> I had to get it in there. From Collider, Streaker ran across the stage. This is in the 46th Academy Awards, which what year was the 46th Academy Awards? That was in... 74. 1974. And they Are had... you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Did you guess? Yes. That was a guess. Oh my God, you're right. Wow. They were in, it was in 1974, which means the movies must have been in 1973. But yeah, April 2nd, 1974. Wow. 
I you did, crushed I it. I swear I did not Google that. That was And guess who won Best Actor that year? Jack Lemon. Oh, this kismet, kismet. This is synergy coming together. This is a herald. I love it. <laughs> so the award presenter was David Niven and a naked man sprinted from across the from behind the curtain across the stage niven you know quick quick on his feet said isn't it fascinating to think that probably the only laugh that man will ever get in his life is by stripping off and showing his shortcomings got he gets a huge laugh whatever and that line apparently some people think was so brilliant and so well timed that some people think that that streaker was staged which doesn't seem david niven is a british actor and I'm just going to say, those people are quick. The wit. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's that British wit. I think that's dry British wit on the fly. I'm sure it is. You know, I mean, it's like when stand-ups are too good at crowd work. It's like some people are just that quick. Yes. There's yeah. no way that in 1974, they would have staged a streaker just for David Niven to get like a great kind of Laugh. punching yeah. down yeah. line at this guy. That's not even a nice thing to say. I bet it's sad. This is the only laugh that man will get. Like that's, that's just quick. That's just quickness. That's yeah. There's that's... way better jokes that if you were going to stage something like that. Yes. Yeah. You could have made, there's so many, let's brainstorm them now. No, <laughs> we don't have the time. I, I, I truly think as a British actor, that's just that dry, keep calm and carry on british way I, totally. I i totally think that was improv personally but yeah yeah but you know what was <laughs> there was a little improv going on that night for sure <laughs> yes this is a big one i remember this one chaos i watched it live from people.com yeah. i was backstage during oscar's envelope gate exactly how the chaos unfolded envelope gate of course being the infamous year when la la land was incorrectly named as best picture when it was actually moonlight that won Mm -hmm. that was a wild year i want to say it was in the 2017 2016 Maybe I was right. 2017 was, I think, when that was. I'm looking it up now. It was. It was 2017. Damn, I'm good. So there's a final award of the night. This is Best Picture. And we have Erica's favorite, Faye Dunaway Mm -hmm. and Warren Beatty uh, were the (laughs) producer. Dick Tracy himself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was something kind of odd. You know, there was they were a little hesitant to say it out loud. But they announced it as La La Land being the best picture and something just felt off. So a stage manager said out loud into a headset while starting to pace. Oh, my God. It's Moonlight. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They got the wrong envelope. Yeah. So seconds passed and the La La Land producers, Oscar Aloft, were well into their acceptance speeches and low level confusion backstage turned into jaw dropping disbelief they like everyone was already on stage they were and, mid reading yeah like thank yeah, you they to, were, yeah yeah and then how did they end up finding out like so, some did someone run on so yeah so what happened was warren Beatty and faye dunaway heard of, back you know they they somebody you know was yelling everything was happening they got the wrong envelope 
So the actors had to walk back out with tears in their eyes and say, uh, actually, you know, this is the, this is the wrong. I think, no, wasn't it mid? They interrupted them. They interrupted them. Yeah, they were mid-speech. And I think one of the, the people accepting, one of the producers, mid-speech, didn't he say, actually, it's Moonlight? Like, something happened. Somebody came out, and then he says, oh, this is actually Moonlight, right? Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they must have told someone who yeah. wasn't currently talking, said, like, mm-hmm. can you go interrupt your friend? Like, this isn't yeah. right. And yeah, you're right. It was someone from La La Land who had to say, oh, this was Moonlight. So then the Moonlight people came on. And it was super awkward. It was super weird. Warren Beatty would not give up his give up that envelope. Yeah. Because he was like probably wanted to be like, fuck you. I didn't screw this up. Well, he wanted I'm- to show the the director, Barry Jenkins, the contents like he was going to show Moonlight's director like this is what it fucking this is what happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. I wouldn't give up that envelope either. No, I'd be like, no, I'm not getting claimed as a people's man. Mm -mm. Show me. I need as many witnesses as possible. Yep. But so what the the envelope that they got was the best actress envelope, which uh, Emma Stone did win best actress for La La Land that year. And so that was, I guess they just, they saw the envelope, got confused and then just read whatever for movie was on the envelope. Yeah. So PricewaterhouseCoopers is one of the, like the premier, you know, big four accounting firms. They're, they're the ones that hand, they tally the votes. They make the envelopes. They're the one that handle everything. They made the blunder. So, you know, um, they issued an apology acknowledging that he had been handed the wrong envelope. And so he was like, yeah, I, I gave it to Faye. I didn't know. I mean, it looked like two old actors can't read or something. It, yeah. But that was not that was not the story. I mean, they definitely like, what do you do? The Oscars are live. So do you hold up the Oscars and go, I don't think we have the right envelope? Because how weird would that be if they were like, I don't think we have the weird right envelope because people are going to be like, oh, my God, just warn Beatty. And like, do they think another movie should have won? But right. like. Also, if the envelope says best actress, Emma Stone, La La Land. What do you do? I don't know. I feel like you say, I don't think we have the right envelope because I would, do a bit. I would send Faye off state. I, I don't know. Like, what do you do in that? You got to do something of like, or yeah. get one of those like, you know, nepotism kids who gets to come and hand out the envelopes and go, this isn't like make them do the legwork and, yeah. and stall. Come here. Come here, sweetheart. You know, warm bait. Come here, sweetheart. Because it just feels... It yeah. feels too high. And you know what? If they would have gotten the right envelope and it would have said La La Land, then all good. But <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I'll tell you what, this would never happen again after it's happened this time. Yeah. I it's it's fucking nut. I personally, here's here's a sidebar. Cass, how do you feel about La La Land? I never watched it. I couldn't bring myself to watch it because every like actor I knew was so obsessed with it that I'm like, I bet this movie's annoying. I fucking hated every second of it. I fucking hated it. It was it was it was Cloud Atlas level to me. Really? I mean I like Emma Stone and I like Ryan Love Gosling. Both of those people. But I just like everyone liked it. And it also just kind of sounded like triggering because it was like I know what it's like to like be hungry and try to be an actor and no one give a shit about you. And so there was also part of it like that where it was like, I don't really want to watch a movie about like my own struggles. Like, cause it's like a bummer. Yeah. It, it just, I hated it. I, it, they had great chemistry. Love again, love both those actors. Like good on you for trying something interesting, but like I'm almost sick of movies about 
movies in Hollywood. Like, I, I don't know. I, don't know. I think that, I mean, I thought Babylon was fun until the last 15 minutes where mm. it got so bad. I haven't seen it yet. So same, I can't. Same director mm-hmm. uh, as La La Land. So I have a, mm-hmm. I have a hunch you might not like it. Also, that shit is over three hours. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I still one scene where they're trying to film a scene. And they yeah. keep having to do things for sound because of the way things it were was, filmed it's back funny. then. Yeah. That was, that. yeah, Winston was watching it the other day and I was like, this is interesting. I like this. Like, it, I think like, it's a cute movie. It's fun. It's just those last 15 minutes. Fuck, they, they, they're bad. They're really yeah. bad. It was, uh, it was snubbed at the Oscars. People thought that it was going to get best, best picture nom or any nomination at all. And it got nada. Ooh, that's kind of a, that's kind of a dumpster fire if you tell me, if you ask me. Okay. You know, that makes me think of, you know what it's time for? <laughs> Is it time for the dumpster fire of the week? Absolutely. Oh my God. This comes to us from vulture.com and we're talking about the movie Crash. Oh my God. So it's how Crash crashed the Oscars. <laughs> this is, uh, of course, the 2006 film Crash, which I believe... If it's 2006 film, it was made, it was a, a contemporary film about racism. It was made on a $6 million budget, but it shocked everyone, even its own creators, that it won Best Picture. <laughs> so written by renowned former Scientologist Paul Haggis. I mm-hmm. say former Scientologist because he's in like all of the going clear. He's in all of them. So yeah, I can yeah. say that without being a dick this is a oral this is like a a, a his like people's own words so this is an oral history so it's not written like a true article it's in first person from the people involved in the making of in the story so just if we're changing tenses or you know things sound weird that's why it's it's an account from people's own mouths because they couldn't believe they won it so <laughs> paul haggis the director and co-writer he was fired from his cbs show family law he you know like he uh, he wrote million dollar baby so that was like definitely a big deal, but nobody wanted him to direct Million Dollar Baby, which worked out well because Million Dollar Baby, I believe, was an Oscar winning film as well. So he like, you know, he had his chops, but he he had this idea for a television show about like modern day racism. And everybody was like, hmm, no, thank you. <laughs> we don't want to see that. We don't want to have to deal with that. We don't want to yeah. face the fact that racism is ingrained in our DNA. Thank you. So his so his then wife, Deborah, was like, you know what you should do? You should make it a movie. You'll win an Oscar. Oh, Deborah. Oh, Deborah. Oh, Deborah. <laughs> Deborah. Deborah. So Paul pulled out the 35-page outline and he called his friend Bobby Moresco and said, I think this is a movie. I think we got a movie here, Bobby. Uh, First 30 minutes, it just reinforces every stereotype and then just kind of takes you on a ride after that, basically. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Have you seen Crash? Yes, I saw Crash at the moment. At the moment, I was like, oh, groundbreaking. And that's how I, yeah. I I haven't seen it since the first time I saw it. So when I first saw it, I was like, oh, damn like this is a good movie and i really feel bad about being racist but i haven't come back to rewatch it so i really don't know like do people hate this project for the same reasons they hated back then or or was it actually not good that's it's tough to say 
well, let's how, how about we make a pack in two years in, in 2025, uh-huh. we rewatch it 20 years later with 2025 oh, the, eyes. <laughs> the 20 year anniversary of crash. Yeah. So it started with casting Don Cheadle that helped get the, you know, some movement on it. A lot of times movies, they get a big actor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then um, a lot of other actors were interested, but then couldn't do it. So they, you know, they got, they ended up getting Matt Dillon. They got Ryan Felipe. They got Terrence Howard. And then when they got Brendan Frazier, finally, they were like, okay, we can probably get some money now. And they did. A well, little and bit. A big, a big part of getting Don Cheadle was that he also signed on as a producer. Yes. So a lot of the people that had turned them down saying like, no, you can't make this movie was like, well, look, someone that's making it is black, you know, so that helps. So we're cool. But we're cool. <laughs> yeah. I have a black friend is what the movie said. <laughs> the, um, all the actors, uh, Sandra Bullock is in this movie too. All the actors who did work on it agreed to work for scale in 2023 was around $6,000 a week which just like for reference scale is just what a new random I like it's the minimum that you could pay a SAG actor but anyone else you know like Sandra Bullock at this time and current day was making millions yeah, to be in movies millions to me, yeah she's one of the highest paid actresses so they didn't really know what was going on but they really liked the I guess they liked the script and they they just wanted to make the movie, agreed to work for scale, and we'll skip ahead a bit, but there's a really sweet thing that I wanted to just point out when we're talking about the actors. So Michael Pena was in this movie. Scientologist. Who, is he? Yeah. <sighs> Dang it. Well, sorry. Whatever. I whatever. Know. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. still a nice story, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Pena, up until this point you know, was only getting like gang member roles. And he was kind of convinced that that was just what he was going to be for the rest of his career. But he booked Crash, which I don't believe that he is not playing a gang member in this. But anyways, he got this movie. And despite what everybody, all the shit that everyone has to talk about it, it was the thing that got him an opportunity to play things other than gang members, you know, like- and now yeah. he's got a very fruitful career yeah. and he was an Ant-Man. I mean, he's a great actor. Didn't know about that Scientologist thing, but what can you do? What can you do? Yeah. They're he's... out there. They're out there. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? But yeah, I mean, just one little side note. Oh, at one point, <laughs> uh, uh, a guy had a heart attack on set, like the last day of seeing, of shooting the final Not a guy, scene. the director. The director. <laughs> director had a heart attack paul haggis if paul haggis had a fucking heart attack he took him to cedars he had a surgery and then he was like the next second he was like hey how many people were in the intersection of the final scene we need a lot of people and he was like we have plenty and he was just like we're gonna have to reshoot the whole movie and people were like you're high on morphine like fucking rest you just had a heart attack and yeah. surgery <laughs> the surgeon said you can't go back to work for four months and he, he was like, no, I had to be back because we're going to lose Don Cheadle to go shoot Hotel Rwanda. And so he was back a week and a half after having a heart attack surgery. surgery. So crazy. So this movie came out in the summertime and 
because they wanted it to be an Oscar. They still wanted it to be an Oscar contender, but they they released it in the summertime in a small release, and it kind of became a word of mouth type movie. They were also one of the first movies to send out DVDs to everyone in the Screen Actors Guild because they got they got nominated for a screen like a bunch of SAG awards and. Yeah. I guess before then, if you were in SAG, you could go to the movies for free around this time. But they were the first ones who were like, no, we'll send you the DVDs. They didn't yeah. spend any money on like for your consideration billboards around L.A. They didn't do anything like that. They just were the first people to finally be like, here's the movie. You don't need to see our billboards. Just go just watch the movie. And then Oprah Winfrey, because of that, saw it, which helped. And yeah. it became this kind of big people. Everyone was seeing it and it it probably affected it, them the way that it affected us. We were like, wow. Well, oh, Oprah wow, even had said in, in, you know, in some interviews, she had a crash moment where a store clerk mistreated her because of her race, but she used the term crash moment. Yeah. It became really, like a vernacular, a vernacular. Yeah. Really popped it in, which was nuts. So you know, all this stuff happens. They spent about 225,000 sending out these DVDs. They shipped a hundred thousand DVDs nuts so they got six oscar nominations right this was huge out. yeah they spent so much less money than their competitors most of them spent like you know millions to get these oscar campaigns the billboards that run for so much time like all mm -hmm. in la new york like the major film cities in the u.s they'll be huge for your consideration billboards like the campaigns are they'll take out full page ads in different trade magazines and things like that so you know, TV, radio, newspaper ads, all sorts of stuff where the voters live to get their attention. Turns out you just need to give it to them. So it was Crash, Capote, Brokeback Mountain, Munich, and Goodnight, Good Luck that were all the uh, Best Picture nominations. And it started to become kind of obvious. Oh, by the way, it Crash not nominated the Golden Globes, which a lot of people think that the Golden Globes are like the preview to the Oscars. Although, mm. can, can't you buy a Golden Globe? Basic. This the four Golden Globes are thrown by the Foreign Press Association, and there are some loosey goosey stuff happening over there. Like yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's it's sometimes it can be a precursor and a predictor, but there's also a lot of racism. And yeah, Golden, it's a whole mess. But anyway, yeah. So they didn't. They got some of the Golden Globes, but they were like, whatever. Paul Haggis was like, the Globes don't like me. It, it's fine. But it became pretty obvious that it was about to be Crash versus Brokeback Mountain. That was like definitely who was going to be the contenders. And sur sure enough, the Oscar, yeah. it went to Crash. And let's talk about Michael Pena again. He wasn't even allowed to get in the Oscars. He yeah. had, he was like invited to the Oscars, but the security <laughs> wouldn't let him in because they didn't yeah. believe that he was in a movie. So he went yeah. to like down the street to a bar in La Cienega yeah. and just watched the Oscars by himself with a bunch of people. But I, yeah. you know, it sounds like everybody was celebrating with him. And stuff. Yeah. Oh, he screamed like he, the bears won the Super Bowl. He said like, and then, and then people just went back to drinking their drinks. <laughs> so he's screaming like a maniac and people are like, okay, cool. <laughs> the moral of the story is like, cause all these people, you know, in hindsight, they're going like, do we think that we had, an oscar winning film like no we never thought we did and 
whatever. But also, like, nanny nanny boo boo, we won the Oscar. Like, <laughs> sorry, we didn't even, choose. Even Haggis said when at the Oscars, he thought Brokeback was announced. So he saw Ang Lee stand up and clap. And so he was like, oh, wow, does she love? Or, or, or no, so his wife. his wife, sorry, yeah. Sorry. So even at the Oscars, he saw his wife stand up and clap. And he was so confused. He's like, she loved Brokeback Mountain that much? And then he slowly realized, oh, my God, no, we won. And he had no speech prepared. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, I have not seen it with fresh eyes, as they say. I'd be interested, too. Also, like, just reading about the history. Of, I think it's kind of cute. Like, if yeah. you, you know, I mean, Brokeback Mountain's a fantastic movie. But also, it's just, like, Capote was a good movie, too. But the Oscars are silly. I There's some movies that won an Oscar that I'm like, that has no cultural impact, and I'll never think about that movie again. I mean, all the movies that would win, like, goofy movies would win the Oscars way back in the day when the Oscars first got, like, incepted. And then at this point, you know, the stuff that gets nominated for Oscars, it's like, you can just tell. You can tell when you're watching a movie Oscar that, is, bait. that was made as Oscar bait, yes, where you're like, okay. like It's like Ridley Scott last year. What did he make? He made... The last, oh God, what did he, he made two movies last year that were like, baby, The Last Duel in 2021 and House of Gucci. And it's like, oh yeah. Okay. You you going for the Oscar? And I don't think either of them got it, right? No. I mean, the Fablemans, it's like, okay. Uh, A movie about about movies. Like we get it. We get it. Erica. Yeah. Who does your Oscar go to? Who do you, who are you hoarding? (laughs) Thank you so much. I think. Some of the most fun I've ever had in a movie theater. Some of the most like enjoyable, some of the most fun I've ever had in a movie theater. Like I I remember I was on literally, I, that expression happens all the time. I was on the edge of my seat. I, I don't remember exhaling the whole movie. Like I was like, <gasps> the whole time, you know, I was like, I can't believe I didn't pass out from lack of oxygen. When I saw George Miller's fury road mad max fury road oh sure in theaters it changed my life i i I was like oh my god this is i've always liked mad max like that's so fun apocalypse is so fun to me but my god the 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 adrenaline the pumping just the visuals everything about it and then when i learned more and more about it after the practical effects the way they shot things the the lore of the movie, like who the dual fourier is and like, where did Rick just come from? Like all this stupid, like who's the gasoline farmer? Like all this, you know, the, the, the lore of it. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just like, that's a movie. If I could rewatch any movie for the first time again uh-huh. and feel that feeling, I would want to do that. Fury Road, hands down. Mad Max Fury Road, my favorite. All right. Favorite moment. Yeah. What about you? What are you ordering? Well, I guess I'll do a movie. Although... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't care. One of a movie that I just think is so funny, and sometimes it pops up on Netflix. Check out Hot Rod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hot Rod with Andy Samberg. It's it, it's older. There's a scene where he like falls for like about three minutes, and it's just really a funny movie. Is it my favorite movie? No. 
But when you were talking about like a movie that you'd want to, you wish you could see again, I really feel that way about Hot Rod. It's as short as movies should be. It's stupid and it's just funny. Okay. Like sue me. It's funny. I'm going to hoard Hot Rod and see if Mm -hmm. I care. I love it. What do you, uh, who should be glad that they even got nominated? What are you throwing away? Honestly, I'm throwing away Spanx. (gasps) Oh, The things that you got to wear under your tight little Oscar dresses and Uh all this body shaping shit. And uh, like a Spanx brand, I feel like has gone downhill or I've gotten fatter. One (laughs) of those two are true. And I do not care to do the research. I'm going to say it's the former. If they're just, they're expensive. They're more expensive than anybody. And they have nothing more to offer than anybody. Yes. Yes. So I just you know, be, be, be comfortable. I would, the thing that, so, uh, I believe the costume designer for Mad Max Fury Run won the Oscar and she's just a lady. She's wearing just a nice pantsuit, a black shirt, the, and just, you know, a, an, a typical looking older woman. She wasn't glam to the hilt. The way those fucking people looked at her, cause she wasn't in Spanx spent $7,500 on makeup. Like you could see the audience be like, why is she dressed like that? And I'm like, because she makes incredible costumes. Jenny Beaven. Yes, Jenny Beaven. Thank you. She doesn't have to wear them on her body. You fucking, I was just, ooh, I was so mad. Like she, she's wearing a scarf. She just looks like, hey, I'm a lady. Like, okay. Like I won an Oscar. Go fuck yourselves. Like, ah, it just made me so mad. She's been nominated for an Oscar 12 times. Good for her. And she's not wearing Spanx. So throw them out. Throw them out. What are you? You're not going to believe this. I'm throwing out boob tape. Ooh-wee. So we are, we're in the same boat. And actually the boob tape comes up because the shapewear, the skims that I have to wear, had to wear for my wedding because they were the only shapewear that has a low back mm-hmm. fit weird. And so I'm having to use boob tape mm-hmm. to tape them up tape the Spanx in place. I don't like boob tape. I don't get it. It doesn't ever work for me. It feels like in order to get these heavy honkers up, (laughs) I need as much boob tape as I would to just wear a bra. I'm going to send you a brand that is like made for boobies, not, oh, I just have a little dainty piece. Like it's it's this brand. I'll send it to you. I'll plug it sometime. We'll on the see, pod, because girl. I'm pretty sure you were the one who recommended the ones that I have. Well, I found a better one. Let me just All say right. That. I, I, I got to ask you a favor, though, because yeah. here's my issue with it is that yeah. I can't get it to work. And I feel like it's because I have no guidance. Like, would you stand in front of me topless and do it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then maybe we'll, maybe we'll come around on it. Cause yeah, I watch the TikToks, I watch the YouTube videos and I mm-hmm. understand why women can't just do it, yeah. you know, but like, also I'm not learning anything by you just kind of halfway showing me over your shirt. Show you know? me. Like I, I need to, I need to know me. where stuff goes. Like, yeah. where is this kind of like with people with boobs only password protected? If you have mm-hmm. boobs, you have the password kind of site where I can see yeah. someone just do it like because I'm not like a pervert who's going to jerk off to it no. but so but I know that that's the reason why I can't get good sure. 
info is because there's too many perverts to jerk off to it. So I'm throwing it out. Maybe you'll change my mind, but right now it it hurts to take Mm -hmm. off because it's tape. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Well, you know, maybe, maybe y'all come around to it after you show me, but certainly I hope you had a good time taping me into my skims yep. uh, at the wedding, by the way, we'll never know. Cause we pre-recorded this, but here's <laughs> your morning when you show up to get yeah. here. Yeah. There's, there's this fabulous brand who the woman who owns it, I can't, the name escapes me. I'll send it. I'll plug it sometime, but she owns this plus size boutique and she does TikToks of like people coming in to try on clothes and they're so you know, finding prom dresses, finding work, just finding outfits. And they're just very like timid and ashamed of her. And she, with all sincerity, this isn't hype. Like, she's just like, oh my God, you look beautiful. Have you seen this? Like, look at that. Like you are so, and she just, the way she speaks she these trumps, women, them up. trumps them up, but makes them feel beautiful because they are. And, but she spells a, she sells a special line of boob tape. And she puts women into clothing that make them feel beautiful. Then they look beautiful. People that are like, I can't find prom dresses because I'm shaped like that. You know, it is, it's truly one of the most up, uplifting, amazing things I've seen on the internet a very long time. Like watching like teenagers who are just like, I, I wear tents every day because I'm, I'm ashamed of myself being like, oh no, these are clothes that fit me and I look beautiful. And I have conf- you can see their faces changing when they come out of the dressing room. That's nice. It, it's so beautiful. But she sells a boob tape. I'll, that's the superior boob tape. It's meant for boobies. Anyway. Okay. But yeah, the stuff I sent you before is for amateur boobs. We're now in the pro boob tape league. So um, where can the people find you? Yes, you can find me at Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram and TikTok. I'll plug <laughs> the boob tape. But you can find me there. Yeah, that's all I want to be found. That's that's me. Okay living the life yeah what about you where can we find you in europe bitch don't worry about it yeah yeah don't worry i have uh find me i have on icloud for you yeah i'll know my location i'll know exactly where you are that makes me feel okay okay and you can find this podcast at trashy trashy podcast on instagram and twitter we have a website trashy trashy podcast.com we have a merch store trashy trashy podcast.com we also have trashy trashy podcast.threadless.com which is our merch endorsed dice oh my god our merchant our merchandise site trashy trashy podcast at gmail.com tell us why you're trash send us stories we love it and by god will you leave us a five-star review it helps us so freaking much Help us win the potties. It's like the Oscars, but for podcasts that I just made up. Yeah, I was going to say, they need to workshop that name uh, (laughs) if that's a real thing, babe. (laughs) It's not. Anyway. Hey, Cass. What's going on, girl? Hey, glamorous. You stay glamorous, girl. I will. Bye-bye. Hollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood.